We are in the Habits of Spiritual Survival series. For those not paying, paying attention to the video, here are the habits, the disciplines that we're kind of working through for Christians to have them in your life. And I want to be real careful as we dive through this series, because this is important. As you look at that list, what is the category of that list for you? What is it in your life? I think I'd be tempted to look at these fancy words and think, oh, this is for serious Christians to really thrive in their faith. You know, okay, if you really want to grow and you're a serious Christian, you do these things. I plead with you, don't see this as, oh, those are for serious Christians who really want to grow. This is the series, this is the list. It's not for serious Christians to thrive. This is for Christians to survive. This is baseline. This is kind of bare minimum. You can't see this list as bonus. Oh, maybe I need some fellowship. Maybe I don't. Stewardship, I don't know what that word is, so I don't know if I have it, right? Like, you cannot see these as bonus. It's habits of spiritual survival, as in these are necessary. Okay, and we're at this week, there's no exception, we're looking at prayer. Kind of really goes along with word and prayer. We're dividing it in two weeks. But the, this is essential if you want to say you have a relationship with God. What is the foundation of all relationships? It's communication. You can call yourself a Christian if you want, but if you don't have ongoing, if you don't have communication in your relationship with God, then you don't have a relationship. This is a lesson I learned from my first girlfriend. There's a lot of lessons I learned. The primary one that I learned is a teenage dating relationship, i.e. it was pretty far down the scale of silly and dysfunctional. And this was even, I know I was before, it was pre-16 because I remember like riding my bike to her house, you know. So I'm like riding my bike to her house like, so you want to be my girlfriend or what? She's like, yeah, sure. I'm like, cool, whatever. And I think I left. But here's the deal. I promise you it was silly. Because that was at the end of the school year. Now, keep in mind, this was pre, you know, this was a different time. This was pre where every toddler had their own smartphone and unlimited data, talk, and text. Like, I didn't have a phone. I'm pretty sure she gave me her phone number, which I probably forgot on, like, the bike ride home. So now we're dating. And then summer hits, and we don't say a word for the next three months. <laughs> I remember getting to school, like, we're not. Okay, okay, okay. So we never broke up. Technically, we might still be dating. Well, I mean, I'm married. Stop. Like, we didn't have to break up because we didn't have a relationship because we never spoke. Okay, you have a relationship with God. Do you regularly talk to him? Or is your communication with God limited to one hour a week or even one hour a day? You can call yourself a Christian. Yeah, I, I, I called Nicole my girlfriend too. You can call yourself whatever you want to have a relationship, there needs to be communication. And that's where we're at with prayer. So I am emphatic. This is essential. I'm emphatic. All of us must have a relationship with God where prayer is involved. As much as I'm emphatic that it is necessary, I can also empathize. It's difficult. It's hard. We all struggle. I can prove that so easy. We're going to take a survey. All right, raise your hand if you're in this category. If you feel like you've arrived at prayer, you already checked out, there's nothing you could learn because you've arrived. 
Like, if you feel like you pray the right amount and you're good, raise your hand if you think you've arrived and you have prayer all figured out. That's zero. If somebody raised their hand like, your prize is you get to leave early. There's nothing you can learn. Okay, let's take another survey. Who wishes that their prayer life was better? Who desires a better prayer life? Keep your hands up. Hold on. Everybody, we all want to get better at this. We all desire that, but it's difficult. We all struggle. It's overwhelming. I, I, I kind of searched in Amazon, books on prayer. There were 136,000 books. I read them all for this sermon. I did not. I didn't. Like, where do you start? It's overwhelming. One of my favorite passages on prayer is this. And Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. The most important moment in all of human history, Jesus goes to his guides, his closest friends. I need you guys to pray. Jesus comes back. And then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. We're going to have another honest survey. Who, in an attempt to prayer, ended up falling asleep? Raise your hand. It's fine. Get them up, Right? I mean, you go to, I'm going to pray before bed. Yeah, that's a great plan in my nice warm bed. I'll pray. I mean, it's about, now I lay me down to, <laughs> I did it right as sleep is in the prayer, which is a crazy start to prayer. The first prayer I ever learned, now I lay me down to sleep. You know, if I die before I wake, the first prayer I learned is like, hey, sweetie, you might die tonight. It's probably the bed bugs. Don't let them bite you. That's a jacked up first start to prayer. I don't know why we start there, right? Like we're all struggling. We all desire this. It's difficult. This is another verse that I find comforting. Romans 8, 26. We do not know what we ought to pray for. Anybody ever felt that? You go to just pray and you don't really know what to pray for. It's difficult. It's overwhelming. So we talk about prayer. I'm going to talk about what, how, and why. But part of the, even diving into the what, is it's overwhelming. How do you start? Like, if I just say, hey, get better at prayer, and everybody goes, where do you start? And I want to show you a clip that kind of was like my starting point of how I felt about prayer. Watch this. Look at that. Look at that. <laughs> I want to go home. <laughs> I am Oz, the great and powerful. Who are you? Who are you? If you please, I am Dorothy, the small and meek. We've come to ask you. The great and powerful Oz knows why you have come. So you usually think of the Old Testament, right? There's some of these images of God appearing and fire and smoke. And here I am trying to pray. And I remember, you know, in these Catholic cathedrals, like praying up to the rafters, you know, they got incense going and like, okay, God, are you here? Do you hear me? This is kind of how I felt. Maybe this is your beginning journey, right? An iconic clip. 
But I think there's even more to it. It really resonated with me, right? So even my view, right, the great and powerful God, and we're supposed to come to this and pray. And I thought, right, even this view that you get a couple major prayers throughout your life, right? Like a couple big ones, you want to cash in your chips, but even what did they need? They need to go get the witch's broom. So it's like a bargain with God for a couple big prayers to get answered in your life. That's how I felt. It was intimidating. I didn't know where to start. I, I wish I could play the whole clip. Scarecrow, you know, he comes up and he doesn't know what to call him. He's like, oh, you're Oz, you're wizardry. You know, and silence. I'm Oz. I know what. That's how I felt. So if we get into the what of prayer, it's overwhelming where to start because we're going to pray to God who I think hears us. Where does Jesus tell us to start? His first lesson, our Father. You don't approach the great Oz. We approach our Father. Not this distant, powerful God. And even the famous scene, right? What do you realize? Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Like the great and powerful Oz is a person. And then in the movie, right, the second you're a person, now we can talk. I can relate to a father. I can relate to a person. But how do we relate to God, his father? Here's a great A.W. Tozer quote that I found helpful. We Christians are in real danger of losing God amid the wonders of his word. We have almost forgotten that God is a person and as such can be cultivated as any person can. It is inherent in personality to be able to know other personalities. If God is a person, that's where the beauty of what Jesus did, he pulled back the curtain on God. Oh, the great and powerful God, that is true. But he pulls back the curtain and we see Jesus. Okay, I don't know how to talk to God. I know how to talk to Jesus God in his personhood. So what is prayer? And I did do a lot of study, work through these passages. And I know it's hard because, you know, I'm sure most of you don't, aren't familiar with Greek that it was written in. I looked up and parsed a lot of the Greek words to come up with this definition. I hope you can follow. It's talking with God. That's what it is. What is prayer? It's Talking with God. I love when I sit down with somebody and I'll encourage them. They don't really have a prayer life. Like, I don't know how to pray. I'm like, you don't know how to talk? We're talking right now. Just like, shoot them up, you know? Like, it's talking with God. That's what prayer is. We get hung up, and this is another passage, I think, that helps us unpack what prayer isn't. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. See, the hypocrites, they want to be seen by others. It was a performance. Prayer is a private conversation, not a performance. I don't really know how to pray. You talk. You talk normal like you would to somebody else. I don't know why. I have a friend. He was from down south. He's like, I knew people that talked straight hillbilly except when they prayed. Now, they were hillbilly and then went to Billy Shakespeare like in the blink of an eye. Like, all right, y'all, it's time to pray. Wilt thou the oneness, O God, wilt thou thee? Like, what? Did you say wilt? You don't say how do we talk to God? 
like you talk. You talk normally. We think God is like a British man born in 1611. We got to talk real fancy to him and say these and thous. You just talk to him. You use normal words. I encourage you to be real. Be raw. Read a psalm a day. And you will see those people poured their hearts. David, instructing us in prayer, they poured their hearts out to God. We do so much talking about God, and we need to do more talking to God. I can't talk to him. I'm disappointed with him. I'm like, don't tell me. Tell him that. Like, oh, I don't know if I can tell God that. Do you think he didn't hear you just say it? He done know. Tell him. We think there's rules of prayer. Rick Warren helped me in this. He's like, for us, prayer can be in the ceremony category, and it should be in the conversation category. We think we need to be ceremonial, not conversational. As a pastor, I officiate wedding ceremonies. We get nervous, right? Because I have to say the right thing in the right order in the right way. That's a ceremony. There's strict rules. Not a conversation. I mean, I guess there are like dumb things to do in a conversation, but there's there's not crazy rules that you got to follow for God to hear you. I remember my cousin wanted to get prayers answered. He's like, man, I'm lighting a candle every day. I'm like, does, okay, does God like lavender? Why are we, is that necessary? Is that part of the rules? Like light a candle if you want to, but talk with God. That's what prayer is. Real, raw, authentic. There's not a bunch of rules. So that's the what, but I do want to spend some time in the how. Because again, we have the desire, but oftentimes I think we lack the how. So moving into the how, I want our prayer life to be dynamic, devoted, and diversified. That's where we're going. My daughter in third grade just learned, like she's learned English, learned what alliteration is. Just this week, she asked me, Dad, do you know what alliteration is? Like, child, please, that's my life. (laughs) Come on, we're dynamic, devoted, and diversified. First, I want you to have a dynamic relationship with God, a dynamic prayer life. If all your communication to God is limited to an hour a week or an hour a day, would you consider that dynamic? No, the invitation, and we get so guilt. You know, 1 Thessalonians 5, pray without ceasing. Oh, what if that's not a guilty thing? And what if that's just an invitation that you can talk to God anywhere? On your commute, turn off the radio, talk to God. At your desk, if you're stressed out, just it's almost like a text relationship. My relationship with my wife, we talk, but we just text throughout the day. What if you just texted God in that type of relationship, just praying through him without the day, throughout your day? That'd be dynamic to just, here's when I talk to God and I don't talk to him. I encourage you to figure out throughout your day to have permission to talk with God. God isn't your chef by that, what do you mean? You don't, you can talk to him outside of mealtimes, right? Some people, that's the only, about the only time we interact, right around mealtime, that's it. Have a relationship throughout the day, talk to him. And I, I want to give you something real practical at the end to help you do that, to be dynamic. But a huge part of that, this is the meet with God challenge. I want you to be devoted and dedicated and have Daily and undistracted time, just him. And again, that's me and my wife. We set aside time daily for just us to connect. I want that 
for you. As you look at the scriptures, right? Everybody said they desire. My hope this morning is that we would flip from desire to devotion. See, desire, we all desire that. We all won't improve in our prayer life. I think we're called to be devoted in prayer, not just desire it. Listen to this passage in Acts. All these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer. Ten times in the New Testament that word pops up. Five of them are about prayer. If people were to describe our prayer life, where'd the word devotion come up? Because in some ways that's the call. To be dedicated, to be committed. What does that look like? One, I want you to have a plan and protect that plan. So think about it. Just think about devotion outside of church, right? I mean, many of you devoted to the Browns, to the Buckeyes. Okay, what does that look like? Okay, I read articles all throughout the week, but then I have a schedule of when I'm going to watch the game, and you protect that time, and you prioritize it, right? Why? Because you're devoted, and that's your priority. You know, Buckeye fans out there, if I were to ask them, like, hey, I need you help move something, like, I got you, dog. You need a truck? When we doing this? Saturday at 12, they're like, I'm out of here. Get out of my face. I got something to do. Because they're going to protect that time. But how often we make a plan to spend time with God unless something else better comes up. So I want you to plan for it, but protect it. If you don't make a decision of when you're going to meet with God, it won't happen. So coming out of this time, I want you to make a plan. Even right now, if you know when that is. Like daily, when are you going to spend time with God? Plan for it and then protect it. Fight for it. Prioritize it. And not all if something else comes up. You know, like I'm going to spend time with God at lunch. Unless everybody's going to Chick-fil-A, then I'm not. Protect it. That's the difference between desire and devotion. There's a dedication, a commitment. There's a plan. So I want you to be devoted to it, devoted to prayer daily. Grab one of these on the way out to help yourself commit to, I want to do this every day. But last, I want your prayer life, your prayer content, your conversation to be diversified. Most of our praying is we don't go to God, we don't go to Oz, it's basically Santa. We just give him our wish list, right? Like, here you go, God, here's all the things I want from you. I put an Amazon link in there so you get the right one. That's how so much of my prayer life is. But I think God wants so much more. Look at how Jesus helping his disciples to pray. The most famous prayer, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. That's a great prayer to pray, but it's also a model to pray. You see, I highlighted there's kind of different categories to pray through. What if instead of, you know, sitting down with God is just our Santa wish list time, what if you prayed? I still do this, and I'll stop for a while, and I've recommitted of walking through that. I'm a journaler. Again, there's no rules. You can pray while you take a walk. I journal. And if that sounds super spiritual, I promise you it's not. It's just ADHD. It's the only way to stay focused in prayer. So I make myself journal because I want to be committed to it. And I want you to walk through this. 
This is where prayer in the word is huge and it's dynamic that way. Don't just I read the Bible, then I pray. It's a conversation. When you have a conversation, there's one monologue and then the other monologues and good day. No, there's back and forth. Get in a passage. And then look through that passage and what do you have to praise God about? Hallowed be your name. So talk about God's goodness, faithfulness, his love. Thank him for the provision in your life. But then also repent. Prayer isn't just Santa time, it's sanctifying time. A huge part of prayer is to sanctify ourselves. You know, forgive us our debts, forgive us our sins. If you're in a passage and it talks about a way that you should live, you know, bless those who curse you, you're like, yeah, ain't doing that. Sorry, God. Confess. In your prayer time, do you have rich confession? What did that passage call you to? Are you convicted? Our prayer time, particular repentance, leads us right back to praise because then you thank God that he has forgiven you. It's not woe is me time. It's God, encourage me to do this. Help me to be that man. I'm sorry I'm not. Thank you that you forgave me. And then ask. Give us this day our daily bread. There's nothing wrong with asking for provision, but instead of it all being about your ask, what if that was a part of it? But I also want to talk about that part a little bit more. We've been reading this as a staff. This is praying with Paul. And we're looking at all the New Testament prayers. I read those prayers and I'm like, those sound different than my prayers. It's crazy. I went and highlighted all of them, particularly because how much of our prayers is asking for better circumstances? God, give me health. Give me a nice house. Give me a raise. It's asking for better circumstances. In all of Paul's prayers, I found one where he's clearly asking for God to remove a thorn in the flesh. In all of, God, in all of those prayers, there's one prayer I know of that gets a bold no. You want to guess which one it is? God isn't just interested in just giving everything you want. He's interested in relationship. It's deeper than that. Ask. You can ask for help. That's fine. But so much of it is gospel kingdom prayers. What if you went on our website and you, you know, looked up kind of ministries and started praying through ministries that God would use them? Praying about local partners. Do you pray for missionaries? Pray for your neighbors. I use an app called Prayer Mate. And it helps me with that. It forces me to go through different categories. Again, to be dedicated and commitment, committed, we need to have a plan. Download prayer made, but at the very least, force yourself to ask for stuff, but also for kingdom things. And I want you to yield. Your will be done. We don't come to God demanding that our agenda be done. Part of our Father is intimacy, but it's also authority. When you're praying with God and you're asking for things, does he have the right to say no to you? If not, well, then you're trying to be God and not allowing him to be. So we yield. So I want to help you to live this out. So I want you to get your phones out. Text PRAY. It's the same number if you want to save it in your phone that we're using. But this is going to help you kind of grow in your dynamic relationship. Like seriously, right now, pull out your phones, text this, and it's going to bounce back. The first question you're going to get is putting you on the hook. Okay, what time are you dedicating to God? I beg of you to make a plan. And text right back. Nobody can read it. It's a software. No one's going to know who put it. Just say when you want to devote time to God. But then throughout the week, 
It's just for one week, so don't worry too much. You'll get a text throughout the day for this upcoming week and encouraging you to just pray. Pray a prayer to God. And I literally, you, I want you to just text God. You can text in there. I debated on sending the text from God, like, this is God. How was your day? But I feel like I'd be breaking one of the commandments or something. I don't know. But literally, it's just going to this week, so you don't have one of those days where you get to the end of the day, and you're like, God, I haven't thought about you once. It'll just prompt you and remind you, wait, I need to talk with God today. So I want you to do that, but I want to end with a why. Because again, we can feel such guilt, and that is not my point in this time, for you to feel guilty to pray more. This is an interesting passage that gives me great motivation to pray. Matthew 6, your father knows what you need before you ask him, pray then. Initially, when I read that, kind of seems to be discouraging to prayer. Okay, he already knows. Why do I need to tell him? Why do we pray? It's not so God can get more information and so you and him can experience more intimacy. You're not filling God in in your life like, oh, did you know I have gout? I had no idea. I need to go heal that now. God knows, but it's an encouragement to pray. What in the world? You're not giving him more information. He's longing for more intimacy. To pray to our father. There's many days. So I as a dad, I'll find out about my kid's day before I hear from them. I just sent my son off to his first day of school and sent my daughter off to school when I hear how the day went. Now I already know how his day went. I already know we're going to Sweet Frog. It's happening. Like... He doesn't need to pry it from me. That's my plan. That's my heart. But when my little guy comes home, do I say, silence. The great and powerful dad knows how your day went. It's the best part of my day. I want to see. I know how his day went, but I want to hear from him. I want to hear him. I want to watch him light up, and I want to say, I'm proud of you. That's awesome, buddy. I love hearing from my boy. God longs to hear from you. You're not filling him in with more details. God wants to meet with you. That's why we pray. My daughter, I don't care if I know she got 20 out of 20. I know that. Girl's wicked smart. I want to hear her tell me. I want to meet with her. God loves you. He longs to hear from you. Yes, he's our father. But John 15, 15, no longer do I call you servants. For the servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I've made known to you. You're not exchanging information. You're not pleading with him for more stuff. You're experiencing intimacy and relationship. Of course we need it. There's wonderful peace in the presence of God. But God wants to hear from you. We're going to lead into a song and I don't even give you a minute. Because I'm going to pray a quick prayer, but I don't want to pray at you. I want you to pray. However you're feeling right now and feeling about God, tell him. Talk to your Father who loves you, because that's prayer. Will you bow your heads with me?
our Father who loves us and longs to be with us. Thank you that you hear us. Would we connect with you now? 